Our next guest speaker is wonderful at helping us figure out what's our purpose, what should we be doing, and how do we find that? This is interesting. Building spirituality, family, health, and business. This is The Giant Builders with Lois Wyant. Hey, Giant Builders. Welcome. I was just sharing with our guests. I'm like, I think I need a haircut. I'm not sure. Let me know. Do you like it shorter, longer? If you recall back, I even had um, curls. So tell me what you think. So today our guest is Susan Eckert. Hi, Susan. How are you? I'm great, Lois. Thank you so much for having me on today. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you. So please tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, so I am a mindset transformation coach, and I have a master's degree in psychology, but I knew I did not want to go the psychologist route. To me, I felt like I want to help people amplify the positives. I want them to build where they're from towards where they want to go. And a lot of times what stops us from doing those things is simply mindset. All right. I really like mindset ideas. I read in your notes that there was something about something in a flea market that brought got your attention. Mm. Tell me about that. Yes, Lois. So when I graduated with my master's degree, I decided since I wasn't going to go the traditional psychologist route, that I wanted to use everything that I had learned in the organizational environment. So I got wonderful job at uh, in corporate America, working for a huge big six corporation. And my responsibility was people, how to get people engaged, how to uh, increase morale, how to get the right people in the right succession ladder tracks. So it was really fabulous work. But what I learned about myself in the process, I did that for 15 years. I was in that field of human resources and organizational development consulting. Um, I just realized as the years went by, like something inside of me was dying. I felt like my soul was shriveling up and dying and I just couldn't figure it out until one day I went to a flea market and I love books and I found this series. They were tied together with a beautiful ribbon um, and it was a diary series from Anais Nin. Are you familiar with her? I'm not. Ah, and she was well ahead of her time. And um, so I bought the diary series and I was flipping through and there was this one quote that caught my eye. And it's a, it's a popular quote. You might have heard of this one. And then the day came when the risk to remain tight in a bud was more painful than the risk it took to blossom. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have heard that. Yeah. Yes, that is by Anna Smith. And when I read the quote, um, Lois, I just stopped reading because the words reverberated throughout my body. And I realized that was the problem. I was tight in a bud. I was following a track that my parents had put me on, that my teachers had suggested I go down but it had nothing to do with who I really was. And on that day, I felt like the bud began to open up. I began to blossom and really look at myself with a different set of eyes. And I saw myself for who I really was. And I surely thereafter quit corporate America. <laughs> there you go. Were, were people surprised? 
you know, I think the, the team that I worked with wasn't surprised. They knew I was a very creative person and um, they knew that I was frustrated. I felt that, you know, working within the confines of a narrow job description or, you know, specific tasks where you can't be innovative and come up with innovative solutions, um, I was frustrated. And so they knew this. And um, so when I quit, I, I, I flipped the tables and I started working with individuals to optimize their own careers. I had clients who hated what they were doing for a living the way that I had been. Mm -hmm. And I helped them really figure out who they were so that they could change tracks and and align themselves. So, and I call it soul seeds. Okay. <laughs> Your soul seeds with a, a purpose and a track that makes sense for you. So it was, I had some incredible stories along the way. I wrote my first book. I delivered a consulting tra a training program that I designed to different corporations. I just blossomed after that. So what's the title of your book? Well, there's several that I've written so far. One is uh, Intercultural Communication. For me, um, growing up, I, we were talking before we started this, this uh, recording here that I come from a very multicultural background. And for me, I look at uh, multiculturalism and cultural lenses from a broader perspective. So for me, working in organizations, I could see how even like art department people couldn't talk to tech people, <laughs> right? Newly married, I could see how women have difficulty communicating with men. So intercultural communication is about that lens, taking off the lens through which we look so that we can understand that we have a lens and why we get hung up when we chat with each other. All right. All right. Um, tell me about the power of purpose. Mm. Purpose is everything. Socrates had a quote about that. <laughs> Way back, it goes that back, that far back. You know, essentially, when we don't have something that we're striving for, something that we're working towards, something that fuels us from the inside. Remember, I mentioned that when I realized I, I left corporate America because I realized I was going to track other pe people and put me on. Mm -hmm. So that internal motivation wasn't necessarily there. Even though I did a good job, I wasn't fueled from the inside. So those times when work was depleting and I was working like 60 hour work weeks, I was just depleted and there was nothing on the inside that was fueling me forward. So when we have a purpose that we're driving towards, when we really discover who we are at our core and what fuels us, we always have this, it's like having this rechargeable internal battery. Okay. <laughs> does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does. Yes. Where, where do we find that purpose? What it mm. seems like it's hiding down there. Where how do we bring it up? Well, here's the challenge in finding it. Usually, here's the funny thing. So when I work with I have a group that I work with on Facebook called Feminine Activation, and we work on clarifying our connection to our inner voice so that we can connect with that purpose more. And Inevitably, when people feel like they sync up with this purpose that is theirs, they're like, I knew that all along, right? So the, the challenge is it's there. And on some level, we know what it is because when we are children, we are uninhibited in exploring this 
thing that fuels us forward, right? It's only as we grow that I call it like layers of an onion that start to form around us, hiding the truth and the purity of who we are. So as we get older, it becomes our responsibility then to sort of peel back those layers so we get back to the truth of who we are. And so I, I often ask people, like, what dreams did you give up to grow up? Mm. Because when we start looking at those things, we start to realize, oh, you know what? I was always that educator. I used to play school with my sisters and brothers, and I'd be the teacher. Like, there was something in there about playing that role of enlightening others and educating others and what have you. So when we look back at our childhood, how we were, what roles we stepped into, then we get clues about what is that purpose within us. And I believe, I don't believe that our purpose is tied to a title. I don't believe that our purpose is tied to a role. What I do believe is that when we understand our broader strength, our gifts, mm -hmm. then we are free to use that in different ways as we grow and evolve. So for example, I realized in looking at my background, especially as a child, I was always creating things. <laughs> I, was, I was creating art, I was creating poetry, I would create like little sculpture things with paper. I was always creating. And now as an adult, what that looks like is I create like frameworks and programs and um, learning models that help people visualize a path from here to there. Right. So as long as I can hone in on that purpose that I feel like I have as a creator to help people connect the dots on things and overcome obstacles, I am free to do that in whatever way I choose. Does that make sense? That does make sense. I mean, especially when you relate it to like being a child, you know, I could think of yeah. things that, oh, okay, I liked these things and now I do like these things. Um, how can we put those things into a career? I mean, yes. how do we connect that yeah. together? Well, one of the things is not to look at it literally, right? So I have to advise my clients on that because sometimes they'll say, well, you know, when I was a kid, I wanted to be an astronaut. Clearly, I'm not going to be an astronaut now. <laughs> <laughs> Valid point. And yet it's not really about being the astronaut. It's what was it about being an astronaut that really got your attention? Is it travel? Is it unraveling mysteries? Is it exploration and learning something new? Because we can all do that. We can decide, oh, like I got engaged in Turkey. <laughs> Imagine in my life I would go to the country Turkey. To be honest, I don't think I even knew for a very long time there was a country named Turkey, right? <laughs> <laughs> but if we uncover that that is what is drew us to the idea of being an astronaut, then we can figure out how do we integrate those elements? What kind of career, like uh, people who do biological research, that's exploration, isn't it? Right? So it's putting the pieces together in a way that paint a picture for us. And there was a course that I used to teach at a local university called What Were You Born to Do? Mm. Yes. And what I did was I helped people identify those different pieces. So what kinds of environments do you thrive in? 
right? Paint a picture of that. Like some people are very, they like to work alone. Other people love to work in teams and groups. They'd be bored if they were alone, right? So what type of environment do you like to work in? That's the first piece. The second piece is what role do you tend to play? So if you're a leader, a natural born leader, but you're an assistant job, you're not going to be happy, right? Yes. So what role do you tend to play? Are you the connector, the helper? Are you the leader, the innovator, right? Figuring out what role you tend to play. Then there's abilities. What are your natural strengths? And, and Lois, I got to tell you, it's surprising how many people have trouble even answering that question, right? Especially women. We don't like to give ourselves credit for the things that really, really come naturally to us. And part of the problem is because things come naturally to us, we think, well, isn't everybody good at this? And often the answer is no. When things come easily to you, that's a sign that might be a strength of yours or a gift, right? So, so far we've talked about fit, that we've talked about role, we've talked about ability, but then there comes the motivation. What motivates you and energizes you, right? Like some people are very into the environment or sustainable things, right? Whatever you find yourself reading, you know, as far as interests, like what do you read on your time off? What do you watch on your time off? Like I read only nonfiction. I'm always trying to solve life's mysteries, <laughs> You know, I watch programs on all sorts of things that are all documentaries because I want to learn about things that I don't know. So when people put those pieces together, then they start to paint a very clear picture for, hmm, this is why I've been unhappy in these jobs that I've had. And it's pointing me in this direction now. Right. So, for example, I had a client who works for a performing arts group. She was like the director nationwide for this performance arts group. And when she told me this, I said, what a great, fun job that must be. She said, I hate it. <laughs> I don't like creative people. I don't like this job. I fell into it and somehow I'm still here. And long story short, we did some work together and she turned out she it turned out she wanted to be a doula. She wanted to help women deliver babies in a natural way. And so she and her husband sat down and she went back to grad school um, for nursing. And then she became a doula. That's a big switch. Huge switch. Yes. But you know what? This is not uncommon because if you think about, I don't know about you, Lois, but I know for certain when I was going through, you know, junior high school and high school, I didn't really get much guidance. I mean, we have guidance counselors, but they don't really guide you. You know, they put you on regular tracks and they're sort of like, okay, you're smart. Go to college. <laughs> and then you're left to fend for yourself. I mean, did you get much support in that regard? No, not from counselors. No. Yeah. So I think that what happens is we then sort of go in a direction that our parents push us in or people, you know, sort of support us. Oh, well, you're good at that. Go do that. Right. And we get into the career only to find out oh, this doesn't really float my boat. I don't love this. Right. But I don't know. I'm 50. I'm turning 54. And I know when I was growing up, the, the assumption was you, you pick a career, you just stick with it. You're not allowed to kind of shift gears, right? And um, 
the rebel that I am, I decided I was going to do that anyway. But there are a lot of people who still feel that way. Like I worked with people who, who, who retired from careers that they had invested almost, you know, huge part of their adulthood uh, doing that they did not enjoy. And then once they were retired, they said, okay, now I'm giving myself permission to try something else that is going to fulfill me. And it's so sad to wait that long. It is. So as parents, is there ways that we can help our children find this process before they're adults and spent 20 years in a career that they don't love? Yeah. One of the things is because, you know, I have twins who are 15 and they are um, now they're starting to get they just took their PSAT. So now they're starting to get letters from colleges and think about what they want to do with their lives, which is they're, they're so young. And so what I'm encouraging them to do, A, I'm, I'm helping them reflect on what they enjoy, mm-hmm. on what they're naturally good at, what their personality might point them, what directions their personality might guide them in. And, um, and then I'm encouraging them to try things, right? Because sometimes we can decide on what the thing is that we want to pursue by ruling out other things first, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? <laughs> So um, I support them in that. Like they did a computer science program last summer um, to learn about coding. And whereas they went into it thinking, oh, my gosh, this is what I want to do. By the time the summer was over, they were kind of like, maybe not. (laughs) 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 Right? Yeah. I mean, it's one thing to enjoy the output of the coding. But if you don't want to do the meticulous coding yourself, then that's a good awareness to have. Mm-hmm. Right. So I encourage parents to allow your children to explore things. And um, like one of my twins said, oh, I think I might want to be a baker. So there's a beautiful bakery near us. And I, I told the owner, who's a young woman, she's like 33 or something. I said to her, you know, my son said the other day he might want to be a baker. And she said, well, bring him by. I'll give him a tour. I said, that's great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right. So that maybe she'll take him on as a little intern or something and he can figure it out and see what the day in day out is like and if it, he likes it or not. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, those are two things that parents can do to support their kids and also just put your own dreams in check. Yeah, <laughs> that's the hard part, isn't it? Right. Yeah. <laughs> because not every- sometimes. No, it's going to be a doctor or an athlete. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like my parents were very conservative and very, um, you know, my mom was, she was in the biological sciences. So they were like, you can be a doctor or a lawyer. That's what they said to me. And I said, well, I faint at the sight of blood. So that is out. <laughs> and then the idea of law just didn't float my boat. So I was just like, how about we compromise? And that's why I studied the psychology. But um, yeah, I, I think we have to put our own dreams and wishes aside sometimes and really look at our child and say, who is this person as a person? Because the truth is there are going to be jobs that open up and, and are created in these next 10, 15 years that just have never existed. Yeah. And then also jobs that aren't going to be here in 10 or 15 years. So tell me about finding motivation for rebirth. Mm, yeah. So that is, that is what I was referring to before when people just stick with something they already know okay. is not for them and they're not enjoying it. And, 
you know, we, we spend so much time, especially since we're talking about careers, we spend so much time at work, you know, every week. And if, if it's not fueling us in some way, if it's not fulfilling us in some way, it's like the quality of our life goes down. And one of the things that I help people see is when one part of your life is so out of sync, it really casts a shadow on the other parts of your life. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And so to elevate everything, we need to make sure that we're in alignment to the extent that we can be with who we really are. And and, and I, I'm always working with women more so because I feel like women, we get the short end, end of the stick sometimes. I mean, they've done well, not sometimes, a lot of times. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, even um, I saw a study about children. And when we talk to boys, we are more likely to give them uh, compliments based on their abilities, right? Like you run fast, Tommy, mm-hmm. um, right? Yeah. Or you're you you're a great problem solver, John. You know. But when it comes to girls, we're like, oh, you're so pretty. Oh, you have great hair, right? Things that are physical have nothing to do with our abilities and therefore as we get older it's no wonder we start to get anxious when we start losing the things right? yeah. <laughs> losing the beauty losing the hair um because our worth is tied up to these external physical things right that is so a really I good think, point i'm gonna start yeah. i'm gonna start complimenting children young children on all of their wisdom and all of their bravery and thought how cute they are Yes. And we don't even realize we're doing it. We've just yeah. been socially conditioned to do that, right? It's like we want, we want, it comes from a good place. Like we want little girls to feel pretty. So we tell them that, but we don't realize that we're not giving them the compliments on their abilities like we are with the boys. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So it is, it, it was interesting research to find. And um, the sad part too was that um, they, they studied, they interviewed a bunch of 11 year olds and they found that the 11 year old girls, 70%, roughly 70% didn't feel they were enough, even at 11. Mm. And then when they got to adult women, many of whom ha- were successful, professional CEOs, authors, 80% of women don't feel they're enough. Wow. That's sad. It- it's mind boggling, isn't it? And so, you know, for me, I believe that a lot of that has to do with the fact that um, there's two things. One, a lot of times we're not in alignment, right? Career wise or role wise, like we're all told we're supposed to be moms. Some of, you know, the younger generations, I hear them speaking differently now. I hear younger people saying, I don't think I need to be a mom. <laughs> Whereas when I was growing up, if I said that, oh my gosh, I would be in a doctor's office the next day. <laughs> like, what's wrong with her? <laughs> right? So one is alignment. And then the second thing is, I talk a lot about, I, I, there's a talk that I do called, um, it's called Balance to Breakthrough. And what it's about is being aware of how much time we spend in left brain versus right brain, which is also oh. known as masculine energy or feminine energy okay so our culture really values masculine energy which is the competition the doing the you know the analysis the logical thinking and then the things that women tend to be stronger in um although there are men also in this category are the 
collaboration, the intuition, right? Where the feeling part of things, mm-hmm. right? The, the connecting dots through relationships and correlations, right? So that's the right brain stuff. And, but because our society doesn't value those things, and a lot of women find their strengths there on the right side of the brain, we get out of whack and we're working out of alignment and we're stressed out, anxious, burnt out, overwhelmed. Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So what would a first yeah. meeting look like with you? Oh, a first meeting with me, it, it really depends on what that individual is trying to do, right? Like, for example, I had one woman who, um, I just finished working with her. She came to me because she said, I really can't even see clearly in my life. I'm burnt out. I'm so anxious all the time. I'm stressed out. And I always ask, okay, so if nothing changes, where do you see yourself? And she said, no bones about it. I'm going to have a mental breakdown or nervous breakdown. Mm-hmm. And I said, are you, have you gone to a therapist? She said, yes. Nothing's coming out of it. So I said, okay. So one of the things I needed for her to do is just figure out how to grab the reins on her energy first, right? So self-care is one of the pillars of my mindset work, right? Especially for women, because we put ourselves last. We are most likely to spend 70% of our time taking care of other people, not ourselves, right? I agree. And so... Yes. So I teach them the airplane thing, right? When the oxygen mask drops down, who are you supposed to put it on first? Mm -hmm. Yourself. (laughs) So if you're stressed out, burnt out, anxious, guess what? (laughs) You can't take care of anybody, right? So you have to take care of yourself first. So self-care is one of the pillars. So for that client, I would work with her on self-care and figure out what's one thing you can do this week to start right now today that can grab the reins of your energy so that you can ease stress and anxiety because that affects us physically, mentally. We can't think straight, right? Her, her job was so stressful. She ended up leaving her job. But by the time we were done working together, she was like a different person. She walked into my space. I have a brick and mortar space. She walked in and she was just like, oh. <laughs> everything about her energy was just like soft, calm, lake, right? quite a switch from when I started with her because she learned a couple things. She learned to grab the reins of her energy. She learned to say no. Mm. Everyone around her was like, you know, she's a kind person, a gentle person. And she had a hard time saying no. She always felt bad. And so I taught her to say no as a way of protecting her energy and also improving her relationships that way, right? Where Mm. she would be on equal footing. And so she managed to do that with her husband. She did that at her work. She ended up leaving her job, finding another job that was way more suitable for her. <laughs> so everything else stepped into stepped into line, right? Once she could see clearly. But when you're so stressed out, you can't even think clearly. So it's hard right. to make decisions that work for you. That makes sense, right? Yeah. So any closing thoughts? Oh, gosh. So... Self-care, very important Mm -hmm. (laughs) self-concept. So the four pillars of my mindset work is self-care, right? So I help teach women to take care of yourself. Second pillar is self-concept. Who are you, right? Know who you are. Own who you are. So I teach own, embody, and deliver. Own your gifts. We all have gifts. 
right? Embody those gifts, wear them like a proud, beautiful crowd. <laughs> and then deliver your gifts to the world because we are all here for a reason, right? There it goes back to the purpose, right? And then there's self-confidence. And it's what what things do you, can you be doing to build your self-confidence, right? Because so many women struggle with self-confidence because we don't own our gifts. So everything gets all entangled together. It's all woven together, right? So the people around you, who are the people around you who might be chipping away at your confidence? Mm. How can you establish some boundaries there to maintain your self-esteem and your self-confidence, right? And then self-awareness. Spend time in quiet reflection from time to time. Like I, I teach my clients to do that every day, whether it's first thing in the morning. Because when we connect, when we sit with ourselves in stillness, we can connect to our true inner voice. Not the, not the ego mind that goes, you suck. You're not going to be good at anything. <laughs> not that. That is not our true voice, right? That is the workings of our mind and our brain and our social conditioning. It's, it's this unfortunate thing that we all have to deal with. But when we connect with our inner voice that is our true authentic voice, some people call it your higher self, that voice is always loving and supportive, right? The more we sit in stillness with it, the more we can tune into that and learn to differentiate between that voice and the other one that does not serve us. So yeah. those are the four pillars, and that is my concluding message. <laughs> oh, that was wonderful. All right. Well, how do people get in touch with you? Well, they can find me. Uh, I'm, I'm very active on LinkedIn. So if they type up Susan Eckert MA, they will find me on LinkedIn. I share daily, daily um, inspiration or little frameworks that, that are easy, like three-step frameworks that people can remember to mm -hmm. help them um, with positive mindsets. Um, I also have a downloadable that they can um, access, which is mindfullifemakeover.com. Right. And it gives them an opportunity. Yes, that's wonderful. Yeah. It'll give them the opportunity to sort of like look at their life as a whole. There are eight segments and they get to um, answer questions like yes or no, 10 for each section, and then give themselves a score at the end of the assessment. But the idea is to find your resources because we all have resources that you can leverage in elevating the other parts. All right, I'm going to go get mine right now and see what my score is. <laughs> wonderful let me know how you do <laughs> i will i'm like oh no is this good or bad <laughs> no no it's all good and like I, the funny thing is i had um one of my new clients she's from germany and um she found me on linkedin and i walked her through this assessment on our consult and um because like she came to me she's like oh my god nothing in my life is working i said i sh i'm sure something <laughs> working so we did this assessment together and when we were done what she said was oh my gosh this was uplifting oh i didn't realize i had so many things going for me <laughs> right so yeah. that's yeah so that's how it's designed we tend to focus on the things that are not working and we blow those things up right as if it's everything and so we overlook the things that are working for us and so this tool is designed to help people refocus on the things that are working yeah. and then set some clear intentions about the parts you want to elevate kind of like a normal thing as far as like you get 20 compliments and one person criticizes yes. something and you just can't get that out of your head exactly <laughs> same okay. kind of thing 
So I really appreciate your time and just all the information you shared with us. It was really wonderful. And Giant Builders, make sure you go and visit the circle and find out where you score and you might be surprised, right? So yes, you will be. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Giant Builders. We'll see you. Remember, it's Tuesdays and Thursdays. Thank you for listening. This has been The Giant Builders with Lois Wyant.